Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Reload Podcast. I'm Nigel Lamont, and as usual, I'm joined by Lee Maxwell and Connor McCann. Hello, guys. Here we are again. Another recording in lockdown. Life's good, isn't it? It is indeed. <laughs> you can't sense the sarcasm there at all. Yeah, this is episode 29. We're just going to do a bit of this, bit of that, bit of news, bit of questions, I think, guys, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we're kicking off the new year with actually quite a lot of news at the minute. Um, I think the first the first few weeks there was quite dry, but I suppose over Christmas not very much happens. And then now it has really ramped up. Everybody's full of turkey now. They're getting out, out, out there now. So. That's it. Everybody's back to work. So episode 29, previous episode was episode 28 with uh, Zach Martin in America, which was a fantastic episode. Uh, I urge you to go back and listen to it. Connor done an interview with Zach Martin. Basically, would it be right in saying the fastest front-wheel drive VR6 turbo in the world, close to it? He's not, but he's not a million miles off it. Although in the drag racing world, literally dropping that point one two of a second yeah. is a big deal <laughs> but he's getting there i think that's the goal for him it was great to get an insight into somebody who was so committed to that sport yeah as i said on the episode like it's not something we deal with here very often and it's interesting to step into somebody else's world and see what makes it all tick yeah yeah also this past while we've started up the lockdown logs season two and you took on jack hill this week connor i did indeed he's not a man i would like to physically take on because he's a beast but <laughs> interviewing yes not a problem that be polo as i said was on the lockdown log we did was fantastic it's been on the driven run with us once yeah the first one he did with us and it sounds so cool um it's just one of those cars is set up to do something really well and that is to drive fast in the roads and that's what he does but what, what i liked about it was is the details that you'd sort of sort of a subtle car you know it's got a race vibe to it, but it's the attention to detail as he took us around it. It's yeah. fantastic. That's it, yeah. Even one of my favourite bits on it is the Cooler Works shifter tower. He's kept mm-hmm. the original plastic around it, and then obviously he's lost the gator, so he's trimmed, like I think it's like plastic, done with like Alcantara or suede, tight in around it. Yeah, it's real tidy looking. To me, like as you say, Nigel, the details, those are what makes the difference between a yeah. good car and a great car. It's the sort of car as well that not that many people do. Like you don't really expect to see fast polos or cool polos, you know, because they're a lot of people's first car or, you know, granny car or whatever. But that one is seriously cool. Yeah. Yes, uh, I, think, I think everybody just jumps on to a golf to modify rather than the polos, you know. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, even back in my polo days, I found that with the forums, it was like a constant revolving door of people because, as Lee says, a polo was like a first car for someone and they got it, yeah. kind of got it out of their system and within a year they're into something different. And there was, on club polo, there was maybe about 10 of us that kind of hung around for years that never really got that out of the system, just were a bit childish instead on. <laughs> <laughs> To sum it up, you'd really say it's a race-focused car with a show finish, would yeah. you? Yeah, that's that's probably the best way to set it up. Uh, the biggest change he's done lately for it there was the wheels, and it made such a difference, changing the rotor forms to, were they those ultra-leggers he put on it? Yeah, ultra-leggers, yeah. No, that, like, the rotor forms were nice, but they kind of didn't go with the vibe of the car, and then when he put those on, and he was he was telling me he was raging because he was waiting on the new center caps, which looked like the center lock adapters for it the red rings with the Porsche pads mm-hmm. in the center and I think they arrived like the day after we did the lockdown log which is typical <laughs> like you'll get over it you'll get over it I'm saying well 
Uh, he's a, a nice big lad. Uh, good, good to do lockdown log with him finally. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure know, catching so. up with him as always. Just on that sort of way of things, we're we're skipping a week this week. Just different things happen and all the rest of it. But we hope to be back into the lockdown logs next week. If you want to check out the lockdown logs uh, on our Instagram page, go to IGTV and you'll see a full catalogue of them, season one. And I think there's a few other things there as well. So check them out. Indeed. Also, this month we decided to do a, have a bit of fun and we're going to have a, how we describe it, It's called we're calling it Face Off. And it's basically, you apply to enter this competition with your car, that is. Uh, your best picture, a few details of the modifications and it's a head-to-head. So all the cars that entered, we're going to do 16 cars this time and they'll be put into pairs and then they'll be put in pairs up against each other by public vote and we'll get it right down to quarterfinals, semifinals and then a final and the winner will get a reload goodie bag so we had we had it filled with it basically an hour Connor didn't we the slots yeah I think you'd put it up and were you in work at the time when you put it up and I was yeah, keeping an eye on it. I said this is filling up very fast <laughs> <laughs> so we made a few notes and then had to make the quick decision to go right this is going to be the cutoff point for it or else yeah. it'll be huge or else it gets very complicated very quickly <laughs> it does we don't do complicated here <laughs> so only our own complications the, uh, before anybody kicks off all the cars will be r- r- randomly selected against each other uh, we put it in the random generator so that's the way it goes and once the first round's over then it goes into a filtered sort of uh, quarterfinals and that sort of way. So Yeah, the first way to do it was the first 16 people that entered and then random number generator for each one to pair them together. As we said as well, likely we'll do something later in the year as well. So anybody that's fretting about it, because there was quite a lot of entries after we said it was shot. Well, some really some really nice cars entered after. <laughs> there is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, should be a bit of crack and we'll uh, have a bit of fun with that anyway. Something to take your mind off things, folks, hopefully. Yeah, exactly what we need. So moving on to new with you, what's going on with you guys all the way down and I was going to say ported down there, but you're not ported down. We're close enough. (laughs) Close enough, eh? The Reload Country Mansion. Yes. (laughs) Well, not an awful lot automotive related with me this week. Progress happily is restarted again on the garage build. So, Oh, brilliant. Yeah, we've had our digger man out the other day there to discuss running ducts for the the electrics and stuff to go in. Drainage as well. And the drainage and put the stone, more stone down for the base. And then the concrete guy came out to give us a quote. So obviously the concrete will have to wait a little bit until drier weather. But uh, the digger man's coming back out again this week to, to put the channels and stuff in. So at least we're moving again, which is nice. Yeah. So I've been a few days off work. Going to work with him through the ducts in for the electrics, as Lee said, and the drainage, get the stone in. And that'll be it basically ready to go whenever the concrete guys can go for it so that's mm-hmm. just want to leave it sitting that everything's ready and then whenever in the t- whenever yeah, those the guys are ready, ready to go, go for it yeah which will be it'll be nice <laughs> yeah i can't yep. wait um what else have i been doing i built some more lego because you know i do like my my legos so you're right in the middle of one now i'm right in the middle of one i've nearly finished it about another <laughs> half an hour so it'll finish me off on it it's the okay. uh the GTR Nismo one that I think I talked about before Christmas. So cool. looking forward to finishing that off and adding it to the collection. And I guess the only other thing this week was uh, finally got my new Milwaukee tools out for a test run. To, well, Connor was using them for something that he'll tell you about in a minute. And uh, one of the batteries is fucked. So Holy shit. That's annoying. It's not like, it's not like Milwaukee. 
No, but it would be like Lee's luck. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> so, warranty claim coming at straight out of the box. Yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Dope. Um, for myself, then, I haven't really got anything... I haven't got anywhere near the Mark III simply because we don't have any electric in the workshop. Once the ducting is in for the new workshop, we can run the cables to the old one and get power back in and actually be able to do some work again, which will be priority would be a few suspension components in the Bora and then get Lee's jet in. But to build my VR6 engine, um, I got a new engine stand for Christmas. Nice. And do you know how the engine stand, the brackets on the Nigel are sort of they're suited to bolt on to the gearbox housing, like a bit where the bell yeah. housing would go on to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in a VR6, your timing chain is all at that end, so it's mm-hmm. more difficult to build around it. So you can buy an adapter plate that bolts on to where the back gearbox mount is and runs. Right, cool. So I had talked a while back about getting steering wheels trimmed by Gavin at Blackline Performance, mm-hmm. and those were been sent over to two friends of ours in America. They were actually their wheels they posted over to get trimmed and then go back again. And so, big up Gavin for sorting that out. But in return for sorting that out for those guys, they actually bought me the adapter plate for the engine stand and sent oh. me it over, which is pretty cool. That's, that's cool. Yeah, so edging towards starting that. And then I finally got some wheels for the Bora. Boop, boop. Oh, praise be. Praise be, indeed. So, uh, Tell us more, tell us more. I didn't really need wheels for the Bora, but when do you yes, ever you really did. not need things? <laughs> um, I need to do the brakes very shortly. As everyone knows, I have a thing for bigger brakes, and I have a set of R32 Mark IV front discs and calipers and stuff sitting for the, the car, but they actually won't fit under the 16-inch wheels, hence needing mm-hmm. something bigger. So, And I want to put S4 300mm rears on the back, and I was looking at the Mark One TT wheels, which, is that what you have on for the winters on the Corrado? Yep. Yes, the six, uh, six spokes, the heaviest wheels in the world. Oh my goodness! They are ridiculous. You ever you ever see the world's strongest man? Yeah, competitions and the what are they called? The marble stones or the stones? Oh, the the Atlas stones is it? Atlas stones. I think they should replace them with the TT Ronal wheels. And the the, the put a TT Ronal <laughs> wheel after the heaviest one. <laughs> I'd seen a set on eBay before Christmas. I think they were hundred and eighty quid with no tires, and I was sitting on Facebook randomly the other night and a set come up very locally for may as well just say because i'll probably never sell them ever um with tires for 80 pound sweet i was like straight away i messaged i was like yeah have you still got those and she was like yeah yeah i have i was like okay i will i'll so, be there <laughs> i will safely meet you tomorrow so uh i biohazard suited up and went and met the woman and <laughs> off we went so got trial fitted them yesterday now the tires the tires are like the tires literally are new. Well, the fronts are a bit worn, but yeah, they're new, but they're they're dirt like landvigators and linglongs and landseal ping pongs. Pretty much, but yeah. It, other words I've never even seen before. If you drew four random Chinese tire mix out of a hat, these would be the four tires that are on it because they're all mix match. They're all the same size, and I measured. <laughs> That's the, the name of the tire brand, mix match. <laughs> <laughs> so probably we've lost uh, we've lost Robin at Studio Ten. He will have switched off at this point. But it killed me taking good Michelins off and then putting these on. But I'll run them for probably a week or two, maybe a month, and then see if we're getting something decent back on. And the best bit, best bit them wheels is they're so handy cleaned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're great. And they actually have centre caps on Because Connor like does so much cleaning of his car, as we know. Yeah, I do enjoy yeah. cleaning. <laughs> Once a year. Yep. So I have those on. They're actually striving quite nice on them. 
and I kind of went down a bit of a rabbit hole with there's a thread in VW Vortex, the American form called Seventeens with Meat, and it's R32 Mark IV guys downsizing from 18s to 17s with a fatter tire, and this kind of put me onto this kind of less stancy, more fast road look. How much has Connor changed over the years, listeners who have known him for years? When did you ever think you would hear Connor McCann putting on a chunkier tire? Well, on I, anything. If it's <laughs> slow road. He went. He went to. He went to get quality tires. He got Michelin's. Now he's thinking about thicker tires. Well, I do still run one eight five thirty five seventeens in the Mark Three, but the the reason I didn't want to go smaller on these is I don't want to lose the overall rolling radius, and then the car will set a bit lower, and I'll probably sump it again, <laughs> which wasn't fun the last time. The tires are dirt. I'll get them changed. I have changed. It's a. I think it's actually the widest tire I've ever ran because. I want a 195 in the Mark III. I don't think I've ever ran a tire that starts with the two. So I'm a big boy now. Ever? <laughs> no, ever? I don't. I honestly don't think, because everything I've ever run... What, what are you on the 16s at the moment? One nines? Fives? Oh, sorry. I've, you've corrected me. 205s. They were 205s. Yeah, standard size. Yeah. 205. I was going to say, that's a skinny tire and a 16-inch <laughs> standard one. Aye. No, it's a 205. <laughs> so I'd yeah. lie. But yeah, this is still the widest tire I've ever ran in a car. In what's that? 14 years of driving. They do have quite a square sidewall, the back ones anyway. Yeah, that's why I like the look of it. It sort of fills the arch as well on it. I've been talking about it for long enough and it took an absolute bargain of a deal to make me do it, but it's done. <laughs> do they need they need refurb, do they? Yes, they're not curbed. There's like a slight curb mark, but because of the chunky tire, they're just, it's more than just just about broke the paint and no more um the other side the paint has actually flecked off one spoke which is actually what has happened in my original wheels as well so i don't know if it's like an issue with that era volkswagen wheels or what but what i'll probably do is get my dad to refurbish them when when i go to put tires on them i just googled bora on s4 wheels and there's one with them ronalds on it and it looks sweet yeah well the, the funny thing is one of our listeners paul mcgrath he's an american now and he his he's originally from england but his father's from Lurgan and was messaging him and he says to me, oh yeah, I had a Indigo Blue Bora as well with those exact wheels on it. So he sent me the photos of it and I knew exactly what it was going to look like before he even put them yeah. on. How he does. So, no, it's a nice, it's kind of OEM looking too, which is nice because I didn't want something, there's nothing as bad as putting like an aftermarket set of wheels on the car and not lowering it right. It just looks so cheap and tacky. Yeah. Plus, so, as you said, it's a cop magnet. Yeah. It turns into a cop magnet then, which I really don't need. You're just completely confused the police now with sensible looking Bora and it sounds like a V6 <laughs> noise yeah, machine. <laughs> exactly. Thankfully it's very quiet and you're tootling along. Why does um, your Bora not go why's your Bora not go poo? Where's the pigeon in the exhaust? <laughs> <laughs> just when you're talking there about brakes. So the superb the Sepoib has been like the brakes have been really noisy recently. Like kind of grinding, you know, like just like a it sounded like Grinding you were down noise. to the, the metal on the pads. Yeah, but when I like I've looked and there's plenty of meat on the pads, like they're fine. And it's weird, like it's only kind of low speed, you know, like pulling in and out of the driveway and stuff that you really notice it. So it it might be making noise on the road, but you don't hear it. But uh, I was like, right, I'm gonna have to get this sorted. So because I was thinking maybe I have a sticky caliper or maybe it's one of the back pads that you can't see from the outside or I don't know. So. I drove it over. I was on my way back from work the other day and I just called into a local mechanic and just said, look, can you have a look and see what I need or whatever? And of course, as always happens, 
the fucking thing made an absolute liar out of me because I drove it up and down his yard with the brakes on and off and not a peep out of it. And I was like, <laughs> this fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> Very typical of you, Lee. I know. And I guarantee you'll start doing it again tomorrow when I get back in it. Well, so it completely, it completely stopped doing it then? Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't done it since. And I it- took it out today and it's been totally silent. <laughs> Honestly, he says, like, the pads are 100%, the discs are all fine on, it's odd, but here, it's fixed itself, it's a free fix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about yourself, Nigel, what's up with you? Well, a few wee things to mention, um, busy with work, but had a few more days off in the last fortnight, so I keep walking past the Corrado in the garage, so I got it up and got, I had to do a bit of work on it in the engine bay, and decided to rip off the RCs, and... Uh, sold them basically within no time. Um, actually, a listener, Kieran Casey, he's actually bought them. So best of luck to him with them. And I put the Pegasus back on basically. Yes, yes. <laughs> Come back to the dark side. Yeah. So I'm now thinking about getting the Pegasus rebuilt. So and any particular way, as in like freshen up, are you going to rebuild them different sizes or what's happening? No, I, I, I like them the way they are. I think I'll just yeah. get them. I haven't decided whether I will or not. Um, it all depends what to do with Edition 30 and what sort of money I have that way. Um, I'm swinging towards keeping Edition 30 now, again. It's uh, it's one of those cars, as you said, it's, you've been messed about with selling it, and but it's no hardship for you to keep it. You know, the fact that you're not in any mad rush to sell it, you don't have to, like, slash the price or, you know, you're no, only selling it just for a change. It's one of those cars, I think the prices of them have bottomed out now, so... Well, that's also good. I don't think I'm going to lose any money on them any, uh, on it anytime soon. So. No, it is a nice car. It goes so well. Yeah, but no. Um, my main focus this year is to get the wee Mark One back on the road and try and do something with the Crado, maybe. Yay! So, I fully know, support I might, this. I, I, might, I, might, I, might ju- I might just pull the Edition Thirty in the garage for the year. I don't know. Oh, and like at the garage at home? Yeah, just stick a cover over it, take the insurance and tax off it, and that's it. And what would you, I suppose he's well, I suppose he's the daily driver anyway. You can mess yeah. about with it. Just rumble about the wee Mark One. I love that Mark One. That time you lent me it around Titanic dubs, maybe two years ago, was it? I I seen you drive about that, and you're always smiling when you're in it. It's one of those cars that you can't help <laughs> smile when you're driving. <laughs> and I I I've been Mark Ones before, and I'm, I might even have driven one before. But then I own Mark Twos. But I said to Lee that when I took it home here that time, the minute I started to drive it, I was like, I feel like I'm at home. You know, it was just one of those cars yeah. that feels so natural. They're great wee cars, definitely. I still think you should put an ABF in that. Uh, t- too late, I sold the ABF donor car. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Paul Glennon. Yeah, but TFSA isn't out of the question, sure. Well, could be done. We'll rip, yeah. Probably rip the front of the car off. I was going to say, no, no. Uh, little, little engine that's what little cars need little engine set of carburetors on it in the cam that'll do yeah yes. that would be nice <laughs> I think um, is the Polo GT cam an upgrade for those Andy Maxwell Polo will be the man to ask about that uh, I'm not 100% sure yeah um, yours is the mechanical head though so it might not be yeah it's it's mechanical ah uh, yeah probably injection. won't work it's then not, it's not yeah I would just get it's a Shrek cam it. or something for it a uh, nice and cheap one nice <laughs> yeah. and cheap one something about yeah. 600 quid will do yeah, I've sort of went on and talk about four cars there, really, haven't I? Well, why not? <laughs> you, you own them all. Also, uh ordered some cleaning products this week from our friend Ross at Anakem Automotive. Very nice. And uh, 
got some stuff off in there, snow foam shampoo and stuff like that there. It's great stuff. Give it a check out. But the reason I'm bringing it up is when I was ordering, there's a wee comments box, comment box you can put in. And I just put a wee limerick in for a laugh. And I'll not repeat it on this podcast what I put in. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) uh, to my surprise, I got uh, an email to confirm my order. And the poet that he is, Ross, wrote one back to me. So I'll read it out to you now just to show you what a poet Ross is. So <clears throat> let me just clear my throat. There was a witty young chap from Cumber, but driving V-dubs all day made him somber. Give him a BM or a Merc and he would surely twerk and have sweet dreams all night in his slumber. <laughs> the thought of you twerking gives me nightmares. I wouldn't be sleeping well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've done that justice. I completely mistimed the way I said that there. Well, but, um, I'm just going to say, or I'm going to ask the question, that if you can read Ross's out, but he can't read yours out, does that mean yours was quite rude? It wasn't, it wasn't, I suppose. Like, mm. I've said worse. <laughs> well, yeah, we've always said worse. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, buy Anakin products and you'll get poetry like that there. It's great. Do not. He's getting a dig at Volkswagens there and bigging up the BMs. I must say so, their, uh, their glass cleaner is superb all the clear view stuff oh it's brilliant yeah i don't use robin before you have a heart attack i don't use it on my cars but i do use it around the house and it is fabulous because i can't clean glass as i probably alluded to before it's a talent i do not possess but this stuff is just foolproof yeah no it's it's lead proof therefore it is idiot proof (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've tried the shampoo and i've tried the snow foam and it's shampoo's brilliant it's really really foamy you know the way you buy shampoo sometime and it hardly put some suds in the water oh um, yeah it's, it's some of it's awful this stuff it, it's it's great really good stuff check him out he's on instagram facebook anakem automotive buy local folks as we keep saying try some of the stuff out if you haven't tried already yeah definitely as lee says the stuff's fantastic like so definitely check it out yeah um just to finish up with me I think I said about two episodes ago, maybe three episodes ago, I'd bought a wee Mark 6 GTI. So I was doing a bit of work on it, but uh, I think it's a wee bit way off. Or it's a way off now, uh, being complete. But uh, I've I've decided to film. You know, I'm going to become a big time influencer, Connor. You know. Oh well, so, uh, I thought you already were. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, more of a catalogue of what what was done. It's very short and just sort of wee clips here and there. But I just thought it was a, it was a car that was presented to me with no engine, and I just started videoing bits and bobs. So hopefully I'll have something to put up on YouTube shortly, or some sort of content anyway. Do you find the video slows you down a bit when you're actually doing the work? <laughs> the way I was doing it, no, it was just wee clips, <laughs> and <laughs> it'll not. Don't worry, it'll be no cine- cinema- <laughs> cinematic masterpiece. Don't worry. You're not going to be trending on YouTube or anything, are you? No, no. Peter McLean- Peter McKibbins, or whatever you call that guy, um, on YouTube, his job's safe, don't worry. Uh, I'm sure he's he's quacking his shoes there. <laughs> yeah. Um, his plimsolls. It's, it's a few time lapses and a few wee bits and bobs. It'll hopefully give somebody two or three months of content to laugh at how crap I am. But <laughs> there you go. So they do that every two weeks, so we're all sort of the three of us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that awesome okay so let's move on to general news then um connor do you want to kick off yeah certainly there's been a spate of thefts across uh, the republic of ireland and it wasn't me it wasn't lee it's the the border foxer herself um <laughs> and it has been to do with cats 
and people's four-legged pussies. pussies. People's pussies are not going missing, no. Um, Guard your pussies with your life. <laughs> no pussies were harmed in the making of this. Um, yeah, so Cadillac converters are being stolen, and it's not something that's... It's not a new phenomenon. I think there was actually a guy killed last year or the year before in England who broke into a scrapyard. Uh, and the car fell on him. car fell on him. Yeah. Let's see, not do that again. But... As I say, it's not a new that, thing. That's, that's what I like to call natural selection. Connor. It is, yeah. That's uh, natural justice. But yeah. the numbers are climbing for it. So 2017 in the south of Ireland, there was 79 recorded episodes of it. The 2018, there was 96. So only a slight rise. 2019, it jumped to 989. So like 10 times the amount of the previous year. Holy fuck. And then... In 2020, in the first six, or sorry, the first nine months of the year, there were already over a thousand cases of it, and obviously another quarter to go. And is this like from scrapyards, or is it from people's driveways? This is from people's driveways. Holy fuck. So, I've, I've, I've seen videos online of people, boys, they're just gangs, and they just jump out of cars with the the electric still cutters, and just jacking a car up, and away up the road. Yeah, that's it, and... The likes of battery technology for power tools is really enabling this because you don't need obviously two forty volt. You can go with um, you know, like the uh, the battery powered saws. The Milwaukee, Milwaukee Amer- saw. Yeah, yeah, like I think the Americans call them sawzalls. I don't know what the actual Here, term we have them. But the, but their batteries are all right, obviously. Right, yeah, they probably they probably <laughs> yeah. test the batteries before they go out. <laughs> Lee would have been screwed. Um, yeah. So one incident, they were disturbed by a neighbor. And she actually came out to them with her dog and they could, they jumped back in the car and ran off. Uh, two nights later, they came back and got the same car. So it wasn't even like they're... Uh, here, I'm surprised they didn't try and steal the, t- the dog too if right. I'm thinking they're the same type of people you're thinking they are that do- are doing this. The Jeppos. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. Um, yeah, but like, you know, you imagine if you had been hit or like they had attempted to get yours that night you would have thought maybe oh well they'll not come back now yeah two nights later they're back again for the exact same car there was another incident as well where actually a guy had electric gates and the nudged the gates open with the car two guys got out one they jacked the car up one got underneath it one doing lookout and the driver of the car turned the car around for a sort of quick getaway the owner of the car came out of the house and confronted them he'd lifted his phone and recorded them for evidence and his wife was ringing the guards your guy kind of like kept him back and it wasn't a case of they, they ran off the guy kept him back while the other guy finished removing the cat and then they got away a couple of minutes later so it's obviously a well-organized gang at what they're doing because it's you know they're not put off by being spooked or anything there's they're not caring what's happening no fear so i think someone was saying there's as well, a word for them there is which Gethin wouldn't like me to say he wouldn't Can you but it go- begins with a c it does you're doing so well not to say it. Mm. Um, <laughs> the, the problem, ironically, one of the most targeted cars is the Prius. <laughs> so there's not been much emissions kept down with no cat in it. The other problem with that is you're looking at roughly a €2,000 fix to solve that problem. So uh, obviously what I would do is just weld a straight bit of pipe in and forget about it. But your average person is going to want to fix that properly. Do you remember, it was probably 10 years ago, the it's Donnelly's up in Dungannon. They have a big uh, Land Rover Range Rover sales area. Yeah. One Saturday evening, they came and basically, you don't have to jack, jack up a Jeep. They've done 25 Jeeps. Holy shit. Yeah. I suppose you, you have the height of them, you can just slide it underneath them. Oh, 
And because it's sort of out of town, nobody's going to hear you. Yeah, Donnelly's are sort of on the edge of town, heading back towards the motorway, isn't it? Yeah, yep. Yeah, 25. Yeah, that's that's a big hit for a dealer. Like, that's nuts. Yeah, so it's, uh, they'll get some shock if they ever try and get the Bora someday. First of all, they'll not be able to get the jack under it. And second of all, once they do get under it, there's no cats in it, so they can go fuck. <laughs> they can try all they want. That's just what you want coming out to your car and the exhaust hanging out of it. Yeah, it'd be a nice start to the morning, wouldn't it? You just go back into the house. Cunts. <laughs> um, what about you, Lee? Yearning? My first bit of news is Lego related because, you know, I like me some Lego. New Lego kit recently announced. It's a 1458 piece kit from the Lego Expert Creator range with what Lego is calling dual building roots. So it's a two in one set. So when you get halfway through the build, you then decide which way you're going to go with it. You can turn it into either. A wide body wheel tail 930 911 turbo or a target top. And it looks super cool. I think this is some smart marketing from Lego because you get some Porsche guys and they're not going to buy, they're not going to build one or the other. They're going to buy both. both. But it's also cheaper to make the kit because half of it's the exact same. Yeah. So it's white with a tan interior and the seats tilt. And the engine bay has a recreation of the 3-liter flat 6 in it with a turbo and everything on it. And then the Targa removable top will slot into the front boot area for like display purposes. Uh, Or the frunk for our American friends. The front trunk. (laughs) The frunk. (laughs) Uh, And then you have the option of either silver or black Fuchs-style wheels. If you're in the VIP, the Lego VIP loyalty program, you can get early access from the 16th of February and it comes with a special limited edition gift pack with like wee print cards of um, like 70s Porsche adverts. Right. Um, Or otherwise, if you're just the general public, uh, it'll be available from the 1st of March and it's about 120 quid. Are you on the VIP list? Yes, I am. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be expecting the placards then. (laughs) Matt McCammon, he's a big Lego guy as well, isn't he? Yeah, Matt will be all over that. Matt is actually yeah. a lot of like the Lego automotive stuff and really nice display case that Brian at the short shift and a lot of stuff like the placards and things from. Class. So, yeah. Um, so you're just saying that it was a 1400 piece build. Is that big for Lego, Lee? It's not the biggest, but it's, you know, like medium size. Substantial. Yeah. yeah. Probably something like the Beetle that I built, the Blue Beetle. Yeah, and around that creator stuff is. Mm-hmm. Bigger than the what we talked about before, the Speed Either Champions. Be, this is going to be a bigger car overall once it's built, obviously. Yeah, I'm looking forward to building that. Well, you'd be building it on me. I'm not paying 120 quid for it. <laughs> what about you, Nigel? What's happening? A uh, bit of news I read this week was regarding Michael Schumacher. As you all know, multiple world F1 world champion. He had a skiing accident back in 2013 and has been in a coma ever since and has had limited recovery. A couple of guys have been working on a documentary and it's finished, but it's there hasn't been a release date for it due to COVID. But yeah, just reading the article, it seems to be uh, sort of... It's, it includes unseen family recording uh, of years gone by, interviews with his mum, his wife, daughter, son, stuff like that there. It'll be a, an interesting look and in the sort of behind the scenes. Michael was a very private guy in his prime and... Uh, I think it'll be a very interesting watch just to see something that you wouldn't normally see. 
spokesman has said the film portrays Michael's impressive career, but also many of the mm-hmm. facets of the complex man. The merciless and daring Formula One driver, the ambitious athlete, the accomplished mechanic with a unique technical flair, the rel- reliable team player and the loving family man. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that coming out. That, that would be just following all the the good F1 documentaries that came out and stuff like that there. The Alonso one, the Drive to Survive. I think that'll be another one to keep your eye out for when it is released. Are they, are they doing a cinema release or is it going to be on Netflix or what do they do? I think that's why they're saying about the date. I think they want to appeal to the mass audience. And if that, that's the case, then are they saying because of COVID, you know... Are they looking at cinemas? That's a lot of what I'm a, thinking. A lot, a lot of big studios now, they're not doing that. They're getting Amazon or Netflix to buy the rights. Yeah, because Lee was telling me there that, um, was it the Black Widow from the Marvel series is yeah. going straight to TV now? Well, there, there's there's James Bond. Like, I love uh, the latest James Bonds. It was meant to come out, was it July 2020? Yeah. Yeah, it's been pushed back three times now, pu- I think. It's been pushed back to the end of this year now. Yeah, and the same with the Fast and the Furious film, I believe, as well. But that just goes to show you that cinema is so important for the James Bond franchise. Yeah, they're going to hold off for it. Yeah, And then, obviously, you were saying about Michael Schumacher was private, like a very private person to do with his private life. It was always sort of touted he had two personas. He had like his race persona and his private persona. And yeah. obviously then from his hardest accident, the family have been very, very, like everything's behind closed doors and you don't get a whole lot of information regarding the condition he's in or his health. But I assume then a lot of the footage they're going to use will be from years ago when he was racing kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they'll be sitting beside his bed with a camera like, you no. know, I think, it'll, I think it'll just be like a best of and then a few interviews thrown on, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. No, but definitely it'd be interesting because there's bound to be a lot of stuff back then that the behind the scenes stuff coming out now would be quite interesting to see, you know, looking back on it. Yeah, for sure. My next one then, uh, going from bad news to bad news, is petrol is changing. I don't know if you guys know about this, but it specifically is going to hit older cars and classic cars hard. So currently we have what's branded as E5 petrol. So if you look at the pumps, you'll see like a circle with an E5 in it. And that signifies that it's a blend containing up to 5% bioethanol. As of the first or second quarter of 2021, they're going to start to introduce E10 and that's going to be their standard choice. It's going to be your 95 octane. So the reason this is bad is ethanol is corrosive to both metal and rubber, So and plastic also. Those are things that are obviously in your fuel system, and if they aren't rated for E10, you're going to have a bad time. Now, obviously, when you put it in, it's not just going to automatically spring a leak, but it's going to corrode those components a lot quicker than fuel normally would. It's 10% in America already, isn't it? It is, yeah. And they're already having a lot of issues with that. Because you see it on the pumps over there, like one-tenth or nine-tenths or something. That's it, yeah. Yeah. EU, or sorry, UK cars sold after 2011 have always been, had to have been compatible with um, E10 fuel, because the new obviously this was coming in the next 10 years or so. But anything before that, the likes of my Bora, obviously used to use cars would be fresh enough they'd be okay but like there is a lot of stuff on the road that is pre-2011 this is going to affect yeah and will that require additives or an it, octane booster or what it actually well funny you say that it isn't as like the potential energy in it isn't as strong as what the e5 is because of the, the more ethanol in it and you're actually going to see a decrease in both power and efficiency so on average it, it hits smaller Powered, a smaller part and smaller engine cars worse but on average they find it's a three percent less efficiency so you're going to see 
more fuel builds, obviously, for your common driver. My Mark 1 Golf has very little power to lose. You've got to help me here. I need, I need help. <laughs> you got to go ABF, Nigel. It's the only way. I told you, ABF. <laughs> um, the problem with the likes of your Mark 1 and Lee's Jetta, too, is the rubber fuel lines and stuff that are used not it's just going to rot well i've already experienced that yeah with regular fuel yeah you're going to have a bad time so on the likes of those cars that we're building obviously you'll just buy stuff that is regulated for e10 the rsa reckon there's six hundred thousand cars in the uk roads at the minute that aren't compatible with it and oh, fantastic Vauxhall. Foxhall specific engine is the 2.2 direct injection petrol actually state that it's not compatible with E10 fuel. Like at all? At all. And that's in Vectors, Sephiras and Insignias. Oh no, not, sorry, Insignias, Sephiras and Astras, which are their most common cars. Yeah. So what I feel sorry for is like we're into cars and we know this is common. So you hear these things, your average person, like the likes of my mum, they're not just going goes to, know to that. Tesco and gets her petrol and doesn't think anything of it. So they're going to see an increase in fuel costs for driving throughout the year, plus repair costs when this does actually fail. The only good thing is that 97 octane, which is our super unleaded, isn't changing. So I already run the Bora on that, so it's not really going to affect me, which is good. But if you're driving classic cars, run them on 97. It'll cost you slightly more, but it'll be less in repair builds for them. Well, that's shit. It is indeed. Um, the reason for this as well is... Bioethanol is actually made from plants and grains, so the growth. It's vegan. Is that what you're telling us? Vegan petrol. Vegan petrol. (laughs) Um, So the reason they reckon this offsets is that those plants take in more carbon than is released during the production of the fuel and burning of the fuel, which I find hard to believe. But give me my exploding dinosaurs. I want. I don't want no vegan bullshit. No pure exploding dinosaurs. That's all we want. So, yeah, bad times there, I, folks. I, I was sitting listening to a conspiracy theory there the other day saying that the Earth is producing as much fossil fuels as we can consume because it's a constant process. Yeah, I obviously it depends on what rate that they're actually made at. And yeah. we could go down quite a rabbit hole here and talk a complete load of crap. I think it depends how accessible it is as well because there's some of it that's under like random places that you can't actually drill or can't get to. Like There's probably a big supply of it under fucking Greenland or somewhere. I don't know, but I don't you know. can't get at it. Do you know how I know there's not under Greenland? Because the Yanks would invade them. Well, that's true. The better regime chains lined up there. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a thing there a couple of years ago and... The the biggest oil reserve in the world right now is in uh, Antarctica. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't and be surprised. Prepare for some freedom, Antarctica. <laughs> it's unclaimed land, so there could be a, an oil war there, basically. Very nice. The penguins are going to get a bit of freedom. Uh, <laughs> enjoy that freedom, guys. <laughs> Booted by a seal and not the R-Farf type. <laughs> For all you know, all the penguins up there are CIA agents and you, you've been fooled all these years. Sure, birds aren't real. It doesn't matter. They're government drones. I, yes, I, the, COVID, the COVID thing was a chance to change their batteries, wasn't it? Exactly. They took everybody inside to get the birds in to change the batteries and then the rechargeable... <laughs> The rechargeable ones that charge on the fly, they're wireless charging. They sit on the, the electric lines. That's why Here, you see don't them be saying too much. We've started, we've started up a Patreon. You can subscribe to it <laughs> and uh, we'll, stop, we'll start talking about conspiracy on it. I hear helicopters in the distance. I'm just wondering, is there, like know a, too much. Is there a swallow's nest outside my house listening? <laughs> we fuckers. Right, we're going to incriminate ourselves. Let's move on. Yes. So the next what, was that, what was that weird clicking noise in the phone there? They've tapped in. <laughs> 
Um, so the next piece of news that I have is relating to Toyota. Toyota have ended Volkswagen Group's five-year streak as the biggest automaker by volume. So obviously 2020 being the shitstorm that it was, um, car sales were pretty much down across the board, across the globe. Uh, apart from China, where sales actually increased for both manufacturers. Um, but Toyota, who obviously also own Lexus and Daihatsu, uh, they sold 9.528 million vehicles, which was down about 11% from 2019, with the RAV4 being the best-selling model. Compare that to Volkswagen Group's 9.305 million, which was down about 15% from the previous year. Um, so the Renault-Nissan-Mitsubishi alliance was the third with 7.8 million vehicles delivered worldwide. Predictions at the minute are that Volkswagen will regain their top spot for 2021, given the worldwide shift towards electric and the fact that Volkswagen have kind of a head start over Toyota in that regard. They've already sold, they sold 231,000 EVs. Evs. <laughs> in 2020. Eves. Which is already almost half the total of the market leaders, Tesla. So they're catching up on them already. There's plans for several more electric models this year, including the ID4, which is already available in Germany, but is predicted to hit UK dealerships by March. Clearly, I already hate the ID4, because, as you know, I hate it. I don't mind it. It's not helped by the fact that a load of the promo photos that they've released are all in that sick yellow. You know, like the Ardeon oh, came out yeah. in that horrible yellow. Like BMW Phoenix yellow, that kind so of thing. So grim. So that's really not helping my... I, I'm not surprised that um, Toyota are outselling Volkswagen at the minute because the design language that Toyota are using is fantastic at the minute. It, like, the likes of that, the Yaris GR that we talked about a while back. Like, yeah, it's cool. That thing's unbelievable. The Supra... <sighs> The Supra's kind of grown on me. It's not, I think, obviously, everybody expected the Supra to be the Mark III Supra, you know, the Mark IV, sorry, the Mark IV Supra, um, and it was something totally different. And the likes of the A86 and stuff, is a, they're really good-looking sports cars mm. they're building, never mind their average stuff. And I really think Volkswagen's losing their way with a lot of things. I've seen a picture in the new Golf Mark VIII Golf R in blue today, which is the first Mark VIII I've actually seen that actually, I went, yeah, that looks good. It's but, the wheels. The wheels it's are the really wheels horrible. on all of them. There's an advert that's on at the minute on TV of a red Mark 8 Golf. It's a GTI it's a one. It's a stupid fucking Suki Suki advert, if any of you have seen it. It's awful. But the wheels are just horrific. And I was but just the, like, it, no. It's, it's the whole Viag range at the minute. The wheels they're putting on, even the upgrade wheels, they're crap. They're shit. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't like the, pay for upgraded wheels. I would take there, them there's, off. There, there's T.R. Hamza, the YouTube guy. I was mentioning a couple of months ago, he has bought a brand new RS3 with upgraded wheels and the wheels are crap. Yeah, you'd be better taking the money for an upgraded set of wheels and putting them into something aftermarket. Yeah, just take the crap wheels and then go buy yourself a set of 18 inch or 20 inch OZs. Yeah, that's exactly what you'd be doing. i just stick some Loganos on it, be fine. It's <laughs> because you're obsessed. I love Loganos. <laughs> Poor Volkswagen, hit hard. I'm sure they'll be I'm sure, okay. I'm sure they'll be back. They've survived worse, look at their history. <laughs> this is true they've been, they've been through the wars in exclamation mark yes they have been through the wars <laughs> well the last time that Toyota beat them in the global sales was when they had the emission scandal oh, that right. was the last time it took them down then yeah Aye. sure and they weren't the only one doing that you want to go Nigel um, I've just two two bits of news to add um, there was a headline caught my eye and it was basically word 
world's first airport for flying cars to be built in Coventry. Yeah, and I've seen that. This is due to open in, uh, what is it, November? The airport called Air One is scheduled to open in November and will be located close to the Rico Arena in the north of the city. The project has received a £1.2 million government grant, which has been matched by Hyundai. Its opening will coincide with celebrations marking Coventry as the UK city of culture. The pop-up airport has been developed by London-based company Urban Airport and is designed to demonstrate how flying cars and drones will need to integrate with existing infrastructure to be used in urban environments. Air One sounds so, like a set of Nikes, doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seven nice Jordans. I think it's I think it's a bit overhyped because according to Sky News, the so-called flying cars, uh, electric vertical takeoff and landing, EVTOL they're called, or vehicles, are essentially helicopters, not cars that will be driven on roads and then also flown. So uh, yeah, I think the headline was a bit misleading. Yeah, it's definitely but, a clickbaity one. From what I could see, they're electric helicopters, as you said, and the purpose of them is to basically ferry you between like skyscraper to skyscraper. For an absolute boss entrance for your meeting. Um, or, What's up, guys? Yeah, <laughs> repel out of this silent helicopter. Just walk in like Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. ACDC playing the background. It's one of those ones I can imagine getting a lot of government funding for, and then the builder just goes bust and goes, I'm keeping this money. One word, monorail. Monorail, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Homer Simpson would be proud. Mono. <laughs> I had the laugh. I have the... Where I live in Cumber, um, there's a old railway line that's been turned into uh, the Cumber Greenway. So it's basically for cycling and walking and it takes the whole way into Belfast. And you don't have to walk on the road. It's a path basically into Belfast. About three years ago, local government bodies were seriously discussing putting in a monorail on it. Actually? On the Greenway? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Down in Dublin, you have the Lewis and... The Dart. What's the other one? The Dart. That's right, yeah. That's wor- it's working 100%, but the word monorail was was introduced or t- uh, brought up in conversation, and I near burst out laughing and just thought of The Simpsons. Isn't yeah. that basically a tram? Pretty much it would be, yeah. But monorail sounds fun. Should you remember they put trams in Edinburgh, and the whole city was basically dug up for like fucking nine years or something? It was yeah. awful. And they're doing the same in Manchester around the Trafford Centre there. Oh. I think when we were over for fitted the last time, remember walking across, they were digging up the roads. Yeah, that's right. Uh. Yeah, so that uh, definitely a clickbaity one there, Nigel. Yeah, just caught me. I thought it'd be no, worth talking about. One of the interesting things though is if it's not cars, why are Hyundai investing in it? They're heavy industry as well, aren't they? Hyundai? They are. And then Hyundai bought into, I think Hyundai bought like a 90% share in Boston Dynamics, you know, who build the robots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have a huge they have a huge electronics backing. I would say a lot of that's going to, if it's going to be electric helicopters flying around, you're going to need a lot of um, kind of like autopilot type stuff and AI, so they might tap in with that. Oh, uh, before I forget, uh, I was reading a news article this week that Amazon have ordered nearly 100 jumbo jets. So that they're not as reliant on airlines for distribution. That's so, good. That's, that's why we're all getting taxed in to reduce the emissions. I like it. Yep. Yeah. So uh, second now, yeah. a few more jumbo jets in the air. Amazon's domination continues. It's better than fucking cargo ships. Yeah, oh, true. Yeah, bunker fuel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, another bit of an odd one for me here is Mazda. Nigel, you tagged me in this on Facebook, and I kind of looked into it. Mazda are bucking the trend of small engines. So this last sort of five, six, seven years, OEMs have been going smaller and smaller. and With a turbo? With a turbo, yep. And Mazda have basically said, fuck that. So at the end of last year, they said they were in development of 
new petrol and diesel in line sixes with an eventual new rotary. The six-cylinder lumps will be somewhere between a three-liter and a three-point-three, so it's not like they're just a two-liter. They're going big mm-hmm. with this, um, with mild hybrid technology. And I really can't decide if Mazda are ahead of the curve here or if they're twenty years behind. You know, they look when there's an E46 with a three-liter petrol in it. We'll do that. The last I heard about Mazda, and there was a whole hullabaloo about they were doing a new rotary or something but then it turned out it was just a range extender for some bullshit hybrid car well that but, actually was my last topic yeah yeah um don't expect a successor to the rx7 r8 because the rotary is literally going to be a range extender for their ev uh-huh. range which kind of sucks because i was about to say mazda a great bunch of lads I, but turns out not well here if they're building big inline sixes happy days well i'm, I'm cool with that it, if they're building three liters and four liters they must be target in america more than likely, yeah, or China, where emissions don't seem to matter. They're not targeting Britain with three and four liters. No, <laughs> no. Um, and I would imagine they're going into SUVs. I would say no for yeah. something bigger. Um, another one of mine then is back in what episode was it? Twenty two, I think it was. We talked about the SEC Tuatara, which had got the top speed record. So this is, and then it hadn't. And then it hadn't, yeah. <laughs> so 17, as, as Donald would say, fake news. Fake, fake news. Uh, 1750 horsepower twin turbo, and it had a two-way average claimed of 316 miles per hour with a VMAX of 331. And at the time, I think the next episode, it was kind of debunked. We had talked about it, and we said the only way they could really redeem themselves from this was to run again to see, and they did. So they had a 2.3 mile stretch near the Candy Space Center and average over the two runs got them 282.9 miles per hour. The previous top speed is the Agura RS with 277, so they have actually beat that, but it's a long way off what they initially said. Yeah. Get a good tailwind behind them, it'd be grand. Yes. So <laughs> they went full belt and braces with this and the timing... They've used four different manufacturers this time. <laughs> Just yeah. to make damn sure. Yeah. So they've used Race Logic, Life Racing, Garmin, and the International Mile Racing Association. So if four people can't verify it, one out of that four, there's definitely something wrong. They are saying did they, get a, did they get a terminal speed, did they? Or I, top speed? I didn't see it listed. It just gave the the average. The driver who originally done it, Oliver Webb, he was replaced by the car's owner, Laurie Kaplan, which is a weird one. So I suppose if he writes it off, it's his car. They don't really care. And the the last time they'd done it, they, they'd done a very slow ramp up on the speed and built it up and built it up. Mm-hmm. This time was more like a drag launch and they really went for it hard and kept full throttle a lot of the way. They reckon they can still beat the 300 mile an hour mark and they're going to come back for it. So if they can do it, happy days. But it's one of those records that's always going to be tainted. You know, it's always going to have, unless they can beat that or touch that 316 again, it's going to have something hanging over it, which is such a pity for such a good feat. I was just sitting thinking about the driver there. I wonder, did the original driver not come back because it was so embarrassing? Maybe, yeah. Because yeah, well, Oliver Webb no, is a race had, driver. Yeah, no, nobody would want to come back to that or... You know, yeah, be associated with it. You have everything to lose by doing that. Definitely. And in this case, like they have beat the top speed, but it's nowhere near what they did say it was. So it's, it is yeah. a bit of a fail in that regard. Still a bloody fast car. Like. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And that's to say, it's, it's such an achievement, but it is it's tainted, unfortunately. I've uh, just seen there this week, I was actually watching the video, BMW just released the M5 CS. This is BMW's most powerful M production car ever. It's... 10 brake horsepower more than the competition. 
It's the same 4.4 V8. It now has 626 brake horsepower, 553 pound-foot of torque. It can do not to 60 in three seconds. And that's that's not a light car. Uh, I think it's well over two tons. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, weight has been reduced. That's where the gains go into, or the, the, the extra money goes into it. Uh, carbon fiber bucket seats, carbon fiber this, that, and the other. They start at 140K. There's ceramic brake options. So you're probably talking another 20 or 30 to get the proper spec one you'd want. So yeah, No thanks. An, an AM5 now is well over £150,000, basically. A, compet- a CS one. It's it's crazy and such a pity because like those older M fives like back in the eighties were like a like kind of everyday superhero you know it was a five series family car but on steroids kind of thing and now they're kind of like it's a very unattainable thing for your average person. Proportionally, yeah. you could proportionally back then you could have afforded the car. Now with the evolution of finance, I think car manufacturers have just ramped their prices up because everybody finances a car now. Yeah, we, we talked about that before, and that's a big thing. Now, I think a lot of like legislation to have, like a lot of the EU laws say that you have to have reversing cameras, you know, in certain year cars and things, and that extra tech. It's all the safety protocols and fucking yeah. stuff on them as well. And that does ramp up the price, but yeah, I think finance, they take a lot of liberties with it and think people just see a monthly or a weekly payment and go, right, I can afford that. you got to think, though, when you own a car like that, you're not just trying to afford the base price. You got to factor in repairs and tires and maintenance and yeah. You know, okay, if you had whatever sort of money, yeah, you probably could afford to go and buy a nine eleven turbo for talk's sake. But can you afford to put brakes on it at two grand a pop, or can but, you afford to put tires on it, or can you afford to that, tax that, that, it? That's, or <laughs> that, that's immaterial because people that are buying cars on a lease deal, it's a three year deal. They don't have to worry about, they've got warranty for three years, so it's just going to be fuel and tires. Yeah, where you, like the three of us, if we had something like that, you would look after it, where your average person might just it's, drive it into the ground. It's the person, it's the person that gets them after the lease deal, that's where the risk is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, out of warranty, that'll be fun. Um, mm. I've seen the article for that as well, and the car in question was like a, like a deep, metallic green colour with like light bronze accents and the light yeah. bronze wheels was gorgeous such a really nice it does, car it does look good and it's always been a thing the German saloon wars and it just goes to show the the wars aren't over yet the electric electric hasn't won yet they're still fighting it out yeah no I I like that it's like top trumps kind of thing yeah Um, I did notice as well on the headrests they have like embroidered on the outline of the Nürburgring did you see it yeah yeah the only thing is it can't work out why? Because it hasn't officially broken any lap records yet. Yet. Yeah. Strange one. So it has been on the ring, but they haven't announced any anything that it has broken. So either they're very confident that it has, or they're just taking a chance on it. Ah, we'll just stick the Nuremberg ring on. Sure, it'll, <laughs> it'll look it. well, lads. <laughs> it's like something I would do. Yeah, so, Maybe it's uh, the never been. Maybe that's what they're going never for. Never been. <laughs> <laughs> you want to finish up, Lindley? Yep. So, especially at this time of year, we all know uh, the roads are basically in shit. Yeah. Yeah. The pothole central at the minute. So the ice and snow and salt and dirt and, of course, potholes. There's a big one on our road at the minute. Yeah, I was actually standing outside the other night. I was eyeing things up for the garage build and the road that runs behind our house. I heard what I assume was a tractor coming and I heard a big bang and then a whoosh of air. And I was like, 
Yeah, he hit that pothole for sure. It's like, I'll just scurry into the house here and say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> There's one on the Points Pass Neary Road, which is where I travel up and down a lot for work on my way to the border. Um, and it's around a manhole cover, so it's really hard to see until you're in it, basically. So I know it's there now and I avoid it, but I, I have hit it. But they all pale in comparison to the one in my next story. <laughs> yeah, I think you're definitely right there. <laughs> So there's a really famous road in the States, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, called Route 1 or Highway 1, which runs along the Pacific coast, basically, from, I think, San Diego, San Francisco, down to LA. Yeah, it's iconic. You would have seen photos of it, definitely. Yeah. Um, iconic for road trips and so on. I mean, it looks awesome. I'd love to drive it someday. I mean, I want to go back and do the yeah. rest of Route 66, but I'd love to do this as well, even though... The speed limit is like 45 to 55 mile an hour, which is like gay. Sort of out. But anyway, this week <laughs> there was a big storm, a lot of storms in the area, and torrential rain caused landslips and a huge chunk of the road. I mean, I don't even know what kind of size it is, but we'll put up pictures. It's just gone. It's just washed into the sea. Yeah, well, it's a, both lanes are gone, and it's the part that's gone is longer than the width of the two lanes. Yeah, it, it's big. It's just south of, I find this quite funny, a place called Big Sur, yeah. <laughs> which is what I thought a felter might refer to his penis as. Big Sur. <laughs> <laughs> but it is apparently a place. But uh, yeah, it's I crazy. I thought neighbourhood in Rushargan. <laughs> Big Sur. <laughs> but yeah, we'll put up the photos. Apparently this is not uncommon on this road either. No, there has been mudslides that like has covered the road that needed cleared but that's yeah. the first I've ever seen anything as bad as that yeah it's pretty crazy big old hole big old hole on you <laughs> <laughs> so imagine driving along that though and when it collapsed it just happened well, you'd be, in front obviously of you. you'd be dead like yeah. you'd be gone but they probably would Kick never your trunks yeah and like the chances are if you went into the sea you'd never be seen like, no. someone could have been on it there's no knowing so yeah you'd definitely get your eyes open there uh, moving on from the news then, just a quick mention of some YouTube I watched in the last couple of weeks. And I'm back again watching Gears and Gasoline, uh, the two young fellas, uh, the two bands. Great uh, channel to watch if you're into your cars. It's job heavy to a certain extent. Um, their latest tr uh, road trip to do these epic road trips is 48 States Road Trip. And it's in their recently built... Uh, FTRX7s. Uh, one of the bands, he's done a K-Swap Turbo with 450 brake, and the other one is a tuned-up rotary engine, and he's about 400 brake. He's a K-Swap and an FD? Yeah, with oh, turbo. That'd be nice, yeah. So That's cool. You can watch the building of these cars in previous videos, but they usually drop a video every couple of weeks, and I think YouTube isn't their only business, but I think they do proper filmmaking stuff, and it comes through in their videos. The road trip videos are usually about half an hour episode each and lots of awesome scenery and cinematography. And it's great to sort of see them traveling and, and get crap miles to the gallon, the breakdowns, just wee stories and bits and bobs. And yeah, it's a good watch. Follow if you can. Fun content. Yeah. Um, the first two episodes of that road trip are half an hour each. So you've got an hour of content there to watch if you're stuck some night. Yeah, I must try good. that. Because I've, I've actually caught up in a lot of stuff lately. Yeah. Following on from Gears and Gasoline, they've made a video, I think it was the start of January, and it's entitled Cars Won't Make You Happy. It's an eight minute video about why are you building your car? Are you building it for you or are you building it to impress people? 
just watch it and you know i think it's a very reflective piece and says a lot about the car scene and sort of focus on why you're doing stuff and don't get carried away if you don't have the best of the best as long as it makes you happy kind of thing it's very good we eat in a video watch it if you can yeah that, that's something that crops up quite a lot and as i i've said it before too like i'll be the first to say i look at the state of that or whatever but you know if it's somebody's car and that's what they like fuck what i think you know and that's correct yeah very true yeah um we're all have the same passion for cars we sort of share it in different ways and have different ideas in what way it should be expressed for me cars really should be an expression of yourself and what you want to do you know and kind of a fashion thing as well you know people dress certain ways and what they like people do their cars up similarly what they like even with dubshed there you know yourself too is you would get emails what i need to do to get my car in and what's the normal response it's your car do whatever you want (laughs) yeah exactly exactly. and that's what it's about there's no point in trying to impress anybody else if people like it happy days if they don't it's your car yeah i I used to be really uh, your your attitude changes over the years now for me car shows aren't that important it's road trips it's getting away for a weekend with your friends the road trip itself and stuff like that the car shows good and all the rest of it but it's meeting up with friends and that, that's what's more important to me now yeah. and even building cars with your friends that's that's what means the most to me now like um built travel cars with friends over the years and that's where the fun is in it for me really you know? and it's a good excuse especially as you get older too and you have less time available you know it's a good excuse to get together with people because you always say to people oh i must call out and see you, and you never do but if someone needs a hand yeah. with something you'll go and help them and you get to catch yeah. up and have a bit of crack absolutely you're very deep there so it did <laughs> yeah sorry for getting so deep <laughs> i think you find you were saying there about fashion it's that and it's like your peer group and stuff you find different styles and stuff in different areas or like we're all into volkswagen and all our friends are into volkswagen so that's our thing and we kind of laugh at the Jap guys, but the Jap guys are all in their kind of clique and they all laugh they at all us. Do their, and they laugh at us. I was in Castle Bar last week. I think I sent you guys the videos. You did. Well, the Jap scene, in inverted commas, is alive and well in Castle Bar, let me tell you. So is the aftermarket exhaust scene? Because the whole night, it was warm, like mild night. And the, you know what hotels are like sometimes? They're fucking roasting. So I had to have the window open. And just all night was fucking (laughs) shitty Civics going up and down with their stupid exhaust and fucking (laughs) IS200s and wankers. But but that made those people happy, Lisa. It it obviously did. (laughs) Idiots. In fairness, it was a rookie mistake to book a hotel right opposite the local McDonald's. I will choose more wisely next time. Yeah, local car park heroes. It's good to be beside a McDonald's. I'll never argue against being beside a McDonald's. (laughs) Thinking of your stomach again. That's all I've got on YouTube then. That'll do. Before we go any further, I'd like to take a second to talk about our sponsor, Reload Global. They're an enthusiast-owned company providing me with not only premium automotive apparel, but accessories such as stickers, garage banners, posters and air fresheners. They're Northern Ireland based and are an official stockist for 8380 Labs in the UK and Europe. They help us all, like, all this happen, so check them out at reload.global. Yeah, so to finish off this week then, we'll move into the questions. Connor, do you want to crack on with the lovely viewers, of, or viewers, listeners have sent in to us? That'll do. First one is from Mr. Motes, and he says, how do I get on the podcast? Um, we accept, we accept bribes. You're on it. 
You're on it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've made it. Um, yeah, anybody who wants one of the podcasts, obviously, if you have anything interesting to say or people will hear, and it's going to be something that the lockdown logs are very visual where you can walk around the car, but on the podcast, obviously, it'll be an interesting topic or something that you do, or if you're a race driver or do something kind of obscure in the local car scene, that would be the kind of people we're looking on. So if you do anything like that, if you can weld wood together or something, give us a shout. Weld wood. Yep. <laughs> um, Lee says she wants to be yes. an underwater welder, and she wants to weld a human and a fish together to make a mermaid. Yep. <laughs> Random. Yep. Lockdown's <laughs> going well for Lee. <laughs> No, there's a very strict screening process and large amounts of money have to be passed to get onto the podcast. And yeah. nudes. Large brown envelopes. Nudes. <laughs> <laughs> Only from the boys. Um, Jack Anderson, 938. He Mr. Says, Anderson. Mr. Anderson, yes. <laughs> it's It's been the early 2000s in our household. We were watching The Matrix again the other day. I um, came on to Amazon Prime. I watched it there a couple of weeks ago. It's so good. We've seen the... Yeah. We seen it in the cinema last year, the first one. Then we've watched the second and third one there recently. I th- was that? That was fifteen years ago, if not more. That film wasn't it. The first one was two thousand or two thousand and one, I think. Or maybe That's insane because the effects in it were brilliant. Yeah, it was such a good film and very uh, fitting, I should say. Quad birds. Um, <laughs> uh, he says a standard car of your choice and only allowed to do one mod. What's the car and what's the mod? Very tricky question, isn't it? It is indeed. This took it, me a it, while. It, it, it opens your mind a whole lot of options, but for some reason I automatically went to Daily Driver, and I love a good B8, and I've always sort of wanted an S4 B8, and if I got an S4 B8, I would just map it, because then it's as fast as an RS4. That sounds good to me. <laughs> Sorry, as simple as that for me. <laughs> well, the, the problem is we are limited with one mod, it's... Again, it goes back to what I was saying with the Bora. If you do wheels, it looks stupid, not lowered. Yeah. And then, for me, it's always lower, unless... So good good suspension is always the first port of call, really, like, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what about you, Lee? I know, it's really tough, because you're thinking, okay, it's a standard car, so why do you not just say a standard F40, and the mod is painted black? But if you're trying to go, like, <laughs> semi-realistic, I'd probably go a pickup. Because it's something that we don't have in the fleet, and I want one. This is where I went. So, maybe like an Amarok or something, and lift kit, or, well, no, not fuck it, a Julie Ram. Well, I went with a lift kit. I went with a F-150 Raptor, one of the new oh, ones. I like those. With, like, mud terrain tires, like something bigger on it. I would Sweet. have one of them, yep. The only thing is, I would have to take down the pillars at the house to get it in. I'm, I'm very disappointed in the two years. Didn't buy that uh, Julie F-350. No, why Why you didn't, in this question, why didn't you go Mark 4 R32, one mod, turbo kit? I was thinking, but yes. I was trying to keep it to a standard car that you can buy now. All right. Yeah, because the chances... Because if you expand. buy an R32 secondhand, what's the chances that it's unmodified? So That's then true. you've lost your one mod because somebody else has already done it. And it'll definitely not remain unmodified with me. <laughs> um, if you could buy, if I could buy a standard R32 unmolested um polish the gearbox <laughs> the robin spec so it could be like robin's <laughs> that'd be my one mod <laughs> um next one then anthony underscore m85 and he says 1500 pounds to spend on a fun weekend car my tt has decided its engine shouldn't work anymore lol oh dear that's not good by the way Bad i'm times. like shout out because you put up some like music thing during the week there about 
people suggesting music and I got some nice new music from my playlist. So thank you for that. Please down with the kids. I sure am. <laughs> um, I kind of looked into this and because I'm, I'm terrible, like outside of Volkswagen stuff, especially older, I don't know what's going for what. Well, I was the same, yeah. And the one thing that popped into my head and I found two in that category were an 03 Mini Cooper S. So there was two on UK, well, England, Auto Trader, and they were both £1,500, like a silvery grey colour in really good condition. And those things are a fun wee car. If I, yeah, if I was going to go for something like that. Now, saying that, depending on what's up with the TT, stick the £1,500 into the TT and get her back on the road. But yep. if you want something different just to get into, one of those. Like Paul Glennon had that black one on the Borbots, and I, I just loved it. It's so cool. Oh, yeah, it was, it was cool. Well, I was the same as you, Connor. I had to go and look up because um, I wouldn't even know what £1,500 would buy you. So here's my list, my short list of stuff that's currently for sale in Northern Ireland on either Auto Trader or Gumtree. There's two diesel VRS Fabius, both under 1500 quid. I've never driven one, but I understand they're good. Well, Nigel had one. I had one for four years, suspension and a remap, and it was such a good car. Yeah, and Stefan had one as well, which I drove, and like everyone knows I hate diesels, but they are fun. It's a, a bit like Jack's Polo with a 20-valve turbo. Like, it shouldn't be in there, but it makes for a fun event. So if you're into diesels, yeah, there. But I do like a sporty diesel, so I'd probably go for one of those. Uh, other options include a street car, which I would probably pick. As Connor said, I think, last night, it's like a 350Z that you order from Wish. Yeah, they look like a convertible 350Z <laughs> that a child drew. <laughs> There's also a Mitsubishi GTO 3.0-litre V6 for sale in Armagh for something like 1300 quid. Uh, next one was, you have a choice between either a 2.4 V6 petrol or a 2.5 V6 diesel Audi A4 convertible. One in Ards, one in Armagh. Both under fifteen hundred pounds. I know nothing about that two point four petrol, but I know the two point five diesel is a heap of shit. So avoid that. Go for the petrol. Um, yeah, their heads detonate basically. Yeah, it snaps the <laughs> tensioner bolt to thing and they just yeah. disintegrate. But I was thinking like fun, kind of fast weekend car convertible. Yeah, I do like a convertible. Uh, my last two kind of depend on what your definition of a fun weekend is. Uh, one was a Daihatsu <laughs> four track, which. Ooh. Sounded fun. If you like getting mucky. If you like to get mucky. Or for the princely sum of £1,000, you could have an ex-London black taxi. Ah. <laughs> so you could be a paramilitary. Make a few credit the weekend. <laughs> if the man's a paramilitary, it could be all right. <laughs> Do a few knee captains in the back of her. Do some tours of the Peace Wall afterwards. Exactly. Make a fortune. <laughs> um, you anything, Nigel? I was sort of... I was really stumped in this one. F- fun weekend car... And I sort of tried to think outside the vague sort of ream of things, but I couldn't. Um, list a few cars here. You can get a fairly decent MX-5, and they are a great driving car, great yeah. fun. If you could find a solid Mark Three Sixteen Valve at fifteen hundred pound, but you'd be doing well to get a good one for that, wouldn't you, Colin? You'd be doing very well, yeah. You get one that's like a tea bag, <laughs> plenty of holes in it. Well, get an eight valve then. Get an no, eight don't. Valve. <laughs> oh, I have one. It's Depress not, yourself. It's slightly outside the bracket, but it's it's a nice car. That green Mark Four. Oh yeah. Oh um, here, that uh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Calm selling that, isn't Calum. it? He is, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm so fucking tempted to go and buy that oh, car, by the way. Like, I'm literally t- holding myself back. That's 230 brake, are we, car? Yeah, 230. It's a KO3S turbo on it. Um, I here, why it. are we telling Anthony about this? Fuck uh, off, Anthony, like, you're not getting it. <laughs> I'll edit this bit out. <laughs> I love that car. I love the colour. I just love it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a cool car and it's well looked after. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, but if you can go any more than £1,500... Closer to two grand, you might be able to get a Mark V GTA, but at two grand, it'll probably be a shade, so don't bother. Yeah. Another um, one, they're not overly quick, but they're a fun little car to drive is the 6N2 Polo GTI. Yes. Yeah. Just keep a few quid spare for a gearbox. Are they not? Oh, 6N, sorry. I was thinking 9N there. Oh, the turbo. 9N would be a bit more than that. So it would. Yeah. The next one then, uh, actually, this guy is a former owner of a 6N2 GTI. Uh, Thomas C1 and he says other than cars what interest do you have and this one made me laugh because I don't have any interest other than cars yeah this is literally it we work at cars we build cars we go to car shows we go on holiday to car shows we build a garage we do a podcast about cars it's cars <laughs> um, our furniture <laughs> like the pictures around our living room have cars in them um your bed's be- made out of the shape of a car, is it? We have a race car bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have one of them if somebody's looking one for their son or daughter. I'm very fast in, in bed, shall up, we say. Up in storage. So, uh, yeah, I'll put a photo of it on their feed. Don't 50 quid that. and it's yours. <laughs> is it a single or a double? Uh, single. Oh, single. If it was a double, we could have had it for the spare room. <laughs> How much do I totally want it for our spare room? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, you could turn it into a chaise lounge. A chaise lawns? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's a big sofa. Oh, yes. No, for me, I used to do a lot of hunting when I was younger, and I've kind of got out of it now. And especially, hunting women. Well, well hunting women too. <laughs> um, but no, I save myself for Lee. And <laughs> get, I'm getting the death stare. Um, yeah, I used to do a lot of hunting, a bit of fishing, and um, motorbikes as well. But it's mainly cars, and probably, if I wasn't into cars, DIY around the house, as we've discovered this last while, and cooking. I like cooking. Very good. I like uh, music and films. Yeah. Big film buff. I love going to the cinema. I fucking really miss the cinema. That's the one thing I really miss, like, even more of the show than the pubs is the cinema. What about you, Nigel? Uh, other interests, what I have. Uh, I like going up the mountains, walking. So I do. I, I do enjoy. I do enjoy that there now. Um, that sounds too healthy for me. I'd rather drive. Please <laughs> <laughs> get a helicopter. Please go buy that uh, to Ford track and drive up beside you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, little bit of cycling on and off road. So nice. So yeah. Well, not that's not. No, well not. No. Um, <laughs> Only the off road is acceptable. <laughs> AJMVW Annie Maxwell. He says. If air handles so well, why do people go back to coilovers when they go on to go track spec? Controversial. Now, I find this, I this is a sly dig from Mr. Maxwell, I believe. Because he knows full well why people do, because it's weight saving and it's less to go wrong. And that air handles perfectly well. Have you, You've had air. Oh, well, yeah, your Corrado. Yeah. on air. When you have normal sized tires on it, does it drive fine? Yeah, it's 100%. There you go. I, it's... It's not coilovers, but it's not a million miles away. Yeah, and it's like, it's not, it's it's ten times better than standard suspension, for sure. Oh, without, without a doubt. Um, I, to answer his question, I think it's just basically the ability to dial it in. Yeah, that's like it. A, like, you buy anything over, 
eight or nine hundred quid and into a thousand, two thousand pound suspension. You're in the rebound rates, um camber well, I suppose you can get camber plates at the top of airlift if you want, or air but air struts if you want. The thing is, um, though, unless you know how to set that up, it's no good to you anyway. Well, that's true. I would say a lot of people don't run around the track. I would say it's capable, but I mean it's more to go wrong for a start and it's extra weight. You know, which is two yeah. th- two things you really want to cut down in a race car. So yeah, that's a I find that a wee dig from Mr. Maxwell there, but we'll get him back. We'll get him back. <laughs> there was some some dirt we can dig up on him. A good one from him then he says, if you could buy one car off collecting cars auction site, what would it be? I spent half an hour looking at the collecting cars yeah. website yeah, after I've seen yeah, this. So do we. <laughs> Mine have, was th- the f- three cars. I the first know. two that came up was the first. The, the second one was my choice, but I did look at some of the others. So runners up included uh, the M5 Touring. Oh, yep, that was on my list. That was cool. Avis Blue, gorgeous. And there was what did I look one of at? Nine, one of nine hundred that I didn't even know was a thing. It was some kind of Aston Martin. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, yeah. It had a really weird name, and I didn't even know what it was, but it was cool as fuck. Uh, but my choice was the Lancia Delta Integrale, even if it is a rep. Yeah, the rally cool. rep one. <laughs> um, mine was the RS500. Yep. It was a touring car. It was a Group A touring car. It was raced in Australia. Bath- Bathurst. Yeah. Um, it's yellow with the Benson Hedges decals and stuff on it. Capable of, I think it was 180 mile an hour it was clocked in one of the races back in 1980, yeah, the, which is mental. And I talked earlier about like the M5, being the early M5 has been a working class hero. That is what fast forwards were, was your everyday car. Yeah. Trouncing supercars. Yeah. There was a Mallard Green Escort Cosworth came up for sale on Facebook or something the other day. And Gorgeous. they are like my dream, one of my dream cars. Like Yeah, they're class. And uh, then I realized it was like... 80 grand or something and I was like oh perhaps not <laughs> that, that, that seems to be going rate for Escort Cosies now yeah that's mental oh, what did you pick out of that list was it the RS500 too wasn't a million wasn't a million miles away I was I had three cars the Integrale the M5 Touring and the Bathurst RS500 there we go and <laughs> Yeah, we're in tune. Great minds think alike. <laughs> Flip a coin, but I think the RS five hundred probably come out on top. Yeah, no, and as I said, I'm I'm not a huge Ford guy, but that thing is cool. Definitely. Kieran Casey, Kieran underscore Casey, he says, "Will there be any car shows this year?" Yes. There we go. Straight from the donkey's mouth. Well, there's another question. I think later on that answers that question. Okay. <laughs> um, Emmett OL93, Emmett O'Leary, he says, what is your favourite alcoholic beverage and meal? Now he's getting into it. <laughs> I listen to another podcast, tax. which is one of my favourite podcasts called the Off Menu Podcast. And it's basically, they have a guest on each week and they discuss their favourite ever starter, main course, uh, side dish, dessert and drink. And I think about this question a lot. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, your death row meal or whatever. But I've got to say, it's a fillet steak, medium rare, with pepper sauce, and because I am a child, crisscross fries, and to drink an amaretto sour, perhaps several. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say several. Because they're quite small. (laughs) What about you, Nigel? Favourite alcoholic drink. I steered away for Peroni for a long time, but it's it's swung back around again. I love Peroni beer. It keeps coming back. Uh, Second and third place would be Beer Moretta and Haverly. Um, yeah, I, I like beer. I can't deny it. 
meal-wise, it has to be a steak. Um, there's a wee restaurant myself and my wife go to when we go to Alcudia. And it's a wee Argentinian steakhouse. And it's the best steaks God damn we've it. had ever. Yeah. Did you go to that one in Holland? The Argentinian oh, no. place? I missed out on it. Apparently, it was just It lethal. was superb. We still talk about that seven years later. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Steak, it's so... Not that it's common, but there's a piece of steak. You think, how hard is, is it to cook it? But when you go to somewhere that they know how to cook it, you realise, oh, you need to know what you're at. That's the only other thing i got to say I really miss in lockdown. Because we can cook at home. I can cook some... D- Connor's a very good cook, actually. But we can get by and everything at home and you can still get your Chinese takeaway on a Friday night or whatever. So we're not missing out that much. And we don't generally go to pubs or anything that much. But a good steak... Yeah. You can never cook a steak as well at home as what they do in a restaurant. You just can't. No. no. Just depressing. And that's the thing I really miss. <laughs> um, it probably says a whole lot about me that I found it easier to answer my favourite alcohol and to answer my favourite food. <laughs> it's always going to be Jim Beam or Jack Daniels. Um, pint glass full to the top of the ice and about maybe a third or more full of Jack Daniels or Jim Beam and then the rest up with Pepsi Max. Um, if it's beer, Blue Moon. Big fan of Blue Moon, although it knocks my shit in for some reason. Food, I'm not so much of a steak guy. I like a lot of fried chicken. You get properly done, like spicy fried chicken. I'm all about that. But yeah. I do. Yep. I became very hungry all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> we had uh, just before this. I'm drinking like... Magners as we speak. Ungluck, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, he says, come to Texas. And trust me, I've seen yes, the house. Please. I've seen the house Chris is building. We're coming to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Ali DFR, he says, what do you make of the used car market? The price of everything 10 years ago, or sorry, 10 years old or newer is crazy high. In comparison to the same market 10 years ago, prices are mental. Is it down to push for EVs? And that kind of brings us back to what you were talking about, Nigel, with the M5. You know, yeah. The financing, I, I think, honestly, that... Pushing legislation for cars to have certain things, combined with the fact that it's just a monthly payment now, as opposed to an overall price. The things are the price of things is crazy, which then floats the second hand market as well. Yeah, I think that's that's what's happening. I'm afraid the last two cars that come through this household that were fairly new was through yourself, Lee, with the Sirocco and the Superb, and like I, there's no way I could afford to buy outright a new car or a new-ish car, even something up to 10 years old, it would definitely have to go on finance as well. Marn Chris, he says, ever bought a car, then once you got it home, realised it's a dog? Several times. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at that question and I thought to myself, I, I brought a dog home once and wish I'd bought a car it was, it, it was Jack a Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I bought an old silver Mark IV of some boy up Cumberway and it was an absolute dog. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it was fine when it left my driveway Is that the same girl, Nigel, that only went to buy a gearbox off you And decided to buy the car to bring the gearbox home in? Yeah, that's right Here, a gearbox. Me... Oh, look, look over there, there's a Golf I'm only joking, by the way, I fucking love that Mark IV yeah, It was great when it, uh, What was it, was it flooding the injectors? And was, it, was playing it, up? it just kept going off a cylinder and I could never figure out why And like, it wasn't for the money you gave for, like, it wasn't worth fixing. No, I'd got six months driving out of it. It was coming up for MOT and there was a wheel burn away and then it went off a cylinder and I was like, okay, I'm done. Goodbye. New car time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stefan says, thanks very much. Yeah, <laughs> Stefan got it as always. Um, I don't think I've ever bought anything. Well, the Bora has had a few, um, hmm, 
choice. I, I have definitely, uh, definitely an example. The Boroughs had a few choice modifications by previous owners that <laughs> have come back to bite <laughs> me a bit, but we've rectified most of those now. Um, yeah. I know most of the previous, well, I know a lot of the previous owners, and I don't know which one of them it was, but at, uh, it's definitely, it's cost me a few quid, shall we say. Um, I don't think any of the rest of them, most of what I buy, especially if I'm going to be doing a lot of work to it, I don't mind if it's rough because I'm going to end up painting it or something anyway. So there's no point in me buying a really good example to tear apart. Yeah. Most of what I own is a dog to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst car I bought. Um, do you remember the Black Mark II Golf I bought in London? The PD the, converted the, one? PD converted one? I do indeed. I don't know. I think I'd sold a couple of cars and it was just money was burning a hole in the pocket, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I seen this here picture. It was one of the forums. The forums were a thing. And it was a Mark II. Looked shiny, shiny like a diamond. Oh, it looked great. Full conversion by, I forget the place was, Auto House or something um, in London. And got them to send me more pictures. Looked great, looked great. Flew over and not a panel matched up. But it was solid. There's no rust. It was just whoever had put it together didn't know how to align panels. Stevie Wonder. Yeah, <laughs> it, it but wasn't as described. It, it was an absolute fly machine, and I just I flew all the way over there, and I just went, "How am I getting home?" And then I just thought, "I'll drive it back, and I'll see how it goes, and then I'll sell it on because it didn't pay massive." Well, it was all right money. I just thought, "Ah, sure, if, worst case scenario, we'll have to break it or something." You know, you'll not lose out on it either way. And I didn't lose out on it. I drove it for probably a year or so. And uh, that'll be the closest thing to a dog I think I've bought. You were actually driving that the first time I ever met you. We met you, you guys were coming out of Harmony Hill show. And I met you at the petrol station next to the M1, M1 in Lisburn to buy uh-huh. something off you. I can't remember what it was. And you were showing me around that car, but that was the first time I'd ever met you properly, I think. Yeah. But that wasn't, mm-hmm. you didn't get home and discover it was a dog you already knew before you bought it and you bought it anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like, ah, Balak's will have to take us home. <laughs> <laughs> I'd kept going into limp mode. And then I did sell it, and the fella bought me off, bought it off me, uh, something wrong with the actuator. But he got it fixed, and then it released 30 brake horsepower. So it turned out it was 230 brake in the end. Oh, I'd been driving about, it'd only been 197. Nice. And it weighs as much of a Beck Bean tin. It made short work of Integra Type R's, basically. Yeah, I remember I remember hearing stories of it. It was good. Yeah. Um, there you go. Gobchin, he says, what was the first car magazine or publication you ever bought? Auto Trader. Uh, I don't know. Volks, Volksworld. I was big into Air Cool Beatles when I was about 14, 15. I regularly bought Volksworld. I can't imagine you wear cool stuff. Oh, there you go. I think my first was either Auto Trader, as Lee says, or Max Power. My first ever Max Power was, I think I talked about this way back in an early episode, was the issue with the gold TVR built by Jamie Shaw of Charisma. Um, uh-huh. That was the first one I ever bought. And I kind of bought it on a whim because I was raised in like motorbikes. and That's what I was going to say. I used to read my dad's old Backstreet Heroes and stuff and yeah. MCN and all that kind of stuff. That's the sort of stuff I read. And then I don't know if it was like a rebellious phase of this or I was like, fuck motorbikes I'm going to cars kind of thing or and I just kind of get sucked into it and wouldn't took over my life basically Volksworld you were saying about air cold I just I loved the the Beatles back in the day like um, and was that factory but, type stuff or was it like Cali no, style heavily, heavily, heavily modified cool, you know yeah. all the cool, you know, all the surfer type stuff I thought it was awesome yeah I think but Ben then, Lawrence was in that a lot 
and I still was into the Beatles, but then um, I think I was about 18, and there's a fellow in Cumber had a Beatle, and I drove it, and I just went, this drives awful. Yeah, I can't get into them. No. So that sort of, that put me off them rather sharpish now, I have to say. What about Ryan buying you the auto trader when you were in the hospital? <laughs> yeah, this is the type of friends that I have. I went to the hospital one time because I got something in my eye and couldn't see. And a friend of mine bought me the auto trader and read it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were going through like the £1,200 bargain buys at the time. They were they were fun. Do you remember how good... Thursdays were when Auto Trader came out. You used to try and get out really early to buy it before anybody oh. else got into it. Yep, and you were sitting in school flicking through, going, "What are we going to buy?" Or there was other, like you know, like the dealer and all those sort of like free ad buy and sell. Yeah, the buy and sell ads for free. <laughs> Half our audience probably don't know what we're talking about. I would say you're correct. Yeah, if you're younger than, I would say probably if you're well, younger Kristen than late twenties. Doesn't 20s, know what Max Power was. You've no hope with the dealer. No, it's like Facebook, <laughs> but on a paper. <laughs> Yeah. Basically, your way to find out cars for sale was basically Belfast Telegraph or Auto Trader or the dealer. And other than that, you don't know. Yeah. Or you heard some boy selling such and such a car, so you called his house and see if it's true. Yeah, that's probably how I got most of my stuff. <laughs> or they had a sign sitting at, and they had it at the end of the driveway with the wee sign in the window. Yeah, they were, they were the days. <laughs> um, Rick V. Dub, he says, can we hit on the new Polo Harlequin now we know that it's just wrapped? Uh, did you guys see this? No. I've seen pictures of it. I, I was looking at it, and obviously, I the original Polo Harlequins is 6N, and I'm a big 6N guy. But That's your jam? It is. And I was looking at it going, those aren't the right colours. And I thought maybe it was just like the way the photograph was or whatever, but it turns out, yeah, it's a wrap, which is a pretty poor bit of marketing from Volkswagen, considering some of the stuff that they do do. Was it the new Polo? Yeah, new shape Polo, and it was wrapped in the Harlequin colours. They had the old 6N in the background. I remember thinking, if they could give me that 6N in that condition, I'll take it. Yes, please. (laughs) Ronan underscore hits 21. Ronan Hickey, he says, Players Classic announced, do you think it's too early? Would you go? So this is the one I was talking about that answers the other one? Ah, yes, with the shows. Um, it's probably very early to announce something, considering nobody really knows what's happening. The only plus side for that is, as you know, Nigel, it's all outdoors. But if you read the post, it's very cautious. With a date booked, let's hope we can do it. Oh, really? I haven't seen the yeah. actual post for it, so yeah. Well, I'll tell you how confident I am. <laughs> I was looking at boat prices last night. I'm going if it's on. I don't care. Yeah, I, like if it's outdoors, I don't think it'll be an issue that way. Um, it's just whether they'll be allowed to run it is the thing. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what way it plays out now. I'd be more worried about going on the boat Guess than it actually getting to the show. Yeah, boats are shit. Well, I have to say, we're meant to be in lockdown and I'm seeing boats every day at work. I don't think I've seen the boats busier at the minute in yeah. January. It's so busy. And you'd be the guy to know for it, like you're seeing them all the time. Me and the fellas in work are just sitting there going, they can't all be working. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> um, Another one from Andy Maxwell. He says, I asked Lee Allen, who's his wife, had she any questions? She wants to know what for came first, the chicken or the egg? Now, before we move any for- further forward here, this was sent in, I think, last night, 7 or 8 o'clock. You think they were on and the wine? Andy is big into the wine now, so I think they were sitting in front of a fire getting full last night sending these questions in. Aye, I would say that's probably what it was. <laughs> yeah. So, which, which came first? The egg. The egg, indeed. Because it was dinosaur where'd they, egg. Where'd they come from? But Dinosaur eggs. 
All oh, right, okay. Yeah, we're four chance. answered. <laughs> um, another one then. Do you scrunch or fold? I'm a folder. This is a horrendous question, by the way. This is the Do you remember question when this answered? came out on like the Andrex adverts or something? And they went around and interviewed people like in shopping centres about this. Nope. I remember watching it with, I think it was my granny or somebody. And she was like, is that, what are they asking? Is that, <laughs> is that about toilet roll? <laughs> yeah, always fold. Folding is neater. Scrunching is too unpredictable. Yeah, stuff goes everywhere. But that's but, as far as I'm prepared to go with this question. Yeah, <laughs> pretty grim. But there is a chance of pokeage when you do fold it too thin. Oh no, you have to get a good ten layers on the go. <laughs> Don't worry about the trees. Um, be like a duvet. Be like a duvet when you're finished. Pretty much like a pillow. <laughs> um, Bum pillows. <laughs> um, Ian K. He says, if you could purchase a car in the opposite drive configuration for cheaper, would you? So, without giving too many details away, Ian's kind of in that predicament over in the States. And I was telling him that that is actually an option here where it's quite common for classics. You can buy, like, say, a left-hand drive Escort RS2000 or something, which would be cheaper because it's not a desirable left-hand drive. Um, It wouldn't annoy me, especially if you were getting a better condition car for cheaper because it's not something you're going to daily. And yeah. Other it depends than, what you're going to do with it. The only thing yeah. where it becomes an issue is like going in and out of car parks or toll booths or the drive through at McDonald's. You know, that that's the only re- when it becomes really annoying. Yeah. yeah. It's, then, u- it's usage. It's usage, basically. If it's daily driver, don't do it. It'll annoy your tits in. But if it's a fun car, uh, you'll soon get used to it and it'll make it more special. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's a sort of sense of occasion. I might get killed today. I might not. <laughs> <laughs> um. Another one from NK then, he says, do you have a favourite steering wheel, aftermarket or OEM? I like a deep dish kind of a wheel, like a rally type wheel. I like those. Yeah, something keeps the wheel tight into you. Yeah. Not even that, I just like the look of them, I think they're cool. OEM, Mark 7 Club Sport, I think's brilliant. I know a lot of people are into like flat bottom wheels and things for more modern stuff. Um, I'm not really into that, but... My two favourites would probably be aftermarket would be the 280 Momo team, which is tiny and ridiculous, but I've always loved them. Um, have you ever I've actually two, I have, I have two of them sitting them. in the house. I, I still have mine and I got mine years ago at an absolute bargain. No, I like a big wheel. No, I like something. I don't like a tiny wheel. And I've always been tempted to put the 280 team into the Bora because in a bigger so, car, oh no. it's ridiculously Lead, small. Lead does size matter. Is that what you're saying? In a steering wheel, yes. I like something that you feel like you're driving an Ulster bus. I feel like I've been insulted somehow. <laughs> um, and then the other one, which Lee will prefer then, is um, I have a four-bar BBS steering wheel that Lee bought me years ago. And they're, I think they're around about the size of a standard Mark III GTI wheel. I love it. It's the wood grain, like walnut. I think it's actually cherry effect. And then it's been retrimmed in black leather, but I really like those. Yeah, my aftermarket pick would be the uh, BBS one too. I love them wheels. Yeah, there's a lot of different configurations you could get on them over the years, like a carbon effect as well. And I think it was maybe like a brush silver too. Yeah, you can get like three and four spokes they're, they're, or they're bars, whatever they call money. them. Yeah, Lee, Lee bought me mine, oh, what, Lee, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Way, way back. Off Germany, eBay, off a Lithuanian guy. Yeah, which has just been retrimmed. Um, that was fun on Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> and they're pretty much like doubled in price, I would say, from then. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can get like knockoffs and things like that of them, but I'd be afraid of a bent and a crash or something. 
<laughs> At least it wouldn't break your ribs. <laughs> no. Um, S14 OCP Simon, he says, any plans for another driven run? And I would yeah, say probably. There's, there's a wee thing called COVID, so. Yeah, we're sort of tied at the minute. Tied. Tied. But yeah. never say never. Nope. Um, soon, soon, hopefully. Gathen underscore GTINI. When you reach the point in a car build where you wonder why you started, look at what you still have to do to complete it. What motivates you to keep you going? And what do you do to motivate yourself to keep going? It used to be shows. Like, the deadline was you're trying to make Ultimate Dubs or Dubshed or whatever the case may be. That was very much our thing. And we never, I'm not saying we never made it. We often didn't make it. We finished your car in the show hall one year. Yeah. Gethin sent this through. Gethin, as you, the two you guys will know, has done a lot of work to his Mark 6 GTI. Uh, or sorry, Mark 6R. He basically ripped underneath of it out and rust-proofed it, didn't he? Yeah, I was shocked. Like, those cars don't come with a lot of underseal. They're basically just painted metal, the way a lot of imports come in. And he's raptor-lined it up into the wheel arches and the floor, powder-coated everything like that. It's going to be the life of that car. He's made some job of it, look. Yeah, so I wondered maybe is he at that stage where he's thinking, what have I started? Um, <laughs> there's... There's numerous answers to this. Um, one thing that really gets me going through them is podcasts. And Nigel, you and our friend Stefan were pushing me for podcasts for years. And I sort of poo-pooed them and said, no, not my thing. And then when I was really pushing hard at the Mark III, I started listening to podcasts and really get into them. And just having that yeah. on in the background. And it's it helps pass the time. And you don't feel like you're on your own sometimes. So you can kind of, it keeps you going. As Lee said, shows, having an end goal too you know you just think of what this is going to be like when it's finished that can be a big help but sometimes you really just do have to stop you have to step back and go i need a break here and that hit me what about two years ago lee mm-hmm. um i thought i was going to have a nervous breakdown at one point and like legitimately i had to stop and when i did stop and sort of step back from it and said right i'm not meeting the goal of what i want here i'm going to take a break it was like a relief of me it was such it was such a relief yeah, motivation that it comes and goes when you're building a car. When you're doing all right, you know, it's no problem getting yourself motivated. But when you get to, I don't know, financial problems, tricky areas that you need to tackle, whatever, you know, it's it's hard to keep yourself motivated. But as you say, going to shows, you go to a show, you're coming back from a show going, right, got to keep pushing. Or if you have a target date, stuff like that there. And then having your friends around, you get, I know that's what motivates me when you have your friends there, you you encourage each other, you know? Oh, yeah. And your wallet doesn't like it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, then. W80RLY, Borley. He says, three people dead or alive, anyone in the world, one to go for a mad night out with. That would be Borley's pick, I would say. Um, One for a quiet couple of pints and one for a cup of coffee. Who do you choose and why? Mad, well, I'll keep it brief. Uh, mad night out would be Butsy Butler. He's a guest. Because his nights out seem to be absolutely insane. Yeah, back um, in episode 17 we talked to him. A couple of quiet pints, Colin McRae, and a cup of tea or coffee would probably be Jim White from White Details YouTube channel. Strong picks. Yours are all automotive themed and now I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, mad night out, I don't know, because I thought of all the kind of stereotypical, you know, like Ozzy Osbourne or, you know, like all that, but... That would be too mad of a night out for me. Like, I couldn't handle the pace. That wouldn't be a mad out. That would be a week out. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you don't want to be snorting a line of ants or anything? No. So, I don't know. That one's tough. Uh, 
couple of quiet pints. My dad. Love to have a few beers with my dad. That would be good. Yep. And a cup of tea with uh, David Attenborough. Ah, your future husband. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, for me then, I had mad night out would be with my friends because we are all long overdue a mad night out. Yeah, and that would be good. Here, and I could handle the pace ma- on that. <laughs> talk about mad night outs. Look what came up on our memories and Instagram there the last couple of days. Yeah. The coach. Yeah, the that's coach. right. That was, <laughs> that was a rough night out. And there's a... What was that? Red, red light Saturday in the January we always went there. It was yeah. mental. There's a, a few friends of ours and we'll not name them, but even some that have been on this podcast before who had a rough night that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was good fun. So if we can get back to that. Lost a few good days. men that night. It was, and a few stomach <laughs> contents. Um, quiet pints. I actually went with Lee's dad as well. Um, although, a few quiet pints with your dad. Well, I was going to say, it probably turned into a mad night. Turned out. into a mad night as well. <laughs> um, and then tier coffee for me was uh, my man crush, Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park. And somebody I've looked up to for years. Such a creative guy big into their music for the last 20 years probably or more and that was my pick for them good picks yeah good questions and to finish up we have christopher rw and he says what is your favorite finish on three-piece wheels i.e polished brushed powder coated color um with polished lip gloss black everything it depends on the type of wheel obviously too BBS mags are 100% best in original BBS gold centers and polished lips. Also, how do you guys not say Audi Rotors for the best OEM wheel a few episodes ago? Been smashing out the podcasts and nearly up to date with them. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. Thanks very much, Christopher. Yeah, thanks. Oh, wow. Christopher Cheers. actually messaged me before saying he'd been started. I think he started listening when we had um, Pete Matthews on and then he went back to the start and started through. So fair play to him for doing that. So the Audi Rotors, yeah, probably our listeners will know by now. And we said this back in the early days. Any of these questions, if you ask me in a week's time, I'll probably give you three different answers again. <laughs> um, but the Audi Rotors, yeah, they're definitely one of the... Like, they're a good solid wheel. Like. They're lovely. And you had them, you have them on your daily, Nigel. Yeah, um, I have them on the B8. I have 19-inch ones on the B8. It's, they're few and far between for nice OEM wheels. And they're definitely, they're definitely up there. As he said, though, the finish for three-piece wheels really does depend on what you're doing. Yeah. At the minute, brushed effect is very in with, like, the smoked finish over them. And, my God, it looks good. I don't know what it's like to keep, but it looks seriously nice. I'm going black or dark anthracite grey centre with polished lip. That's always going to be my go-to. Yeah, I think you'll never go wrong with a silver centre and polished. Yeah, it it heavily depends on the wheels, but if you've seen some of my past wheels, I'm very I've got a penchant for uh, an anthracite center on some of my wheels um, with a polished lip. Otherwise, if it's RS's, RS's, you know what to do with them. You know they have to either be chrome or polished. You know it's just the way it is. I, silver. I'm a big fan as well of although it really does depend on the car they're going on the prima donna prima donna finish on the RS's. White centers, gold bolts, and polished lips, and oh, wow. it it takes a special car to pull them off, but it really does look well. Yeah, it, it really makes a statement going that way, like so it does. Yeah, I've seen a few sets of like murdered out RSs too, like black lips, 
you know, Black Stephen Standards. Stefan done, done Murdered Out once, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Stefan built um, 15 by... I think they're 15 by 8.5 and, and 15 by 9 RSs for a yeah. medium blue Mark II. And they're texture finish dishes, centers, barrels. And I think they're black bolts on it, or maybe they're chrome. They look really good on it. Have you ever seen crackle finished centers? Yeah, that's, that's what he has. Yeah. And I, I have a set of um, Gotties, 15 inch Gotties, and crackle finish as well. Cool. They're tucked away. Um. Yeah, so many images of wheels going through my head right now. I know. I was sitting <laughs> thinking about that all night. <laughs> Do you remember we used to go to car shows and look at wheels? That's just what we were talking about on the motivation side of things. You will never be more motivated than like the first yeah. two or three days after coming back from a car show. We are just like pumped to buy everything and do everything. <laughs> I'll never forget going to Vag event in 2013 in Poland. And just the, like, you go to UK shows and there's certain styles. To go to Poland, it's just like there's so many styles in a field of 300 cars, but it's all excellent, excellent finished wheels. And you're just walking from car to car going, ooh, ooh, you know. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So much, so much idea fodder, whatever you want to call it. It's the excitement. It's, you're like a child at Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah. well that's us for the questions again for this episode then thanks very much folks those are some brilliant ones and yeah. some really good thinkers in that one it's great to get everybody involved yep so as I say then that's us done for the questions and actually for this episode we didn't have a topic but I think we had uh, a lot to say there so we've covered <laughs> yeah. a lot don't forget we've got face off starting this week Aye. stay tuned on Instagram for that it'll be Instagram stories yeah watch out for that I think when this episode comes out it'll be Tuesday so they will actually have started so just keep an eye yeah. out for them continuing and remember to vote for your favourite as we said at the start as well check out the lockdown logs we'll be back again the next week or two with some more and the previous ones are up there for you to watch on Instagram TV you can follow us collectively at Relo Podcast on Instagram and Facebook I'm at Connor McCann I'm at Maxwell House 46 and I'm at VW Boy. And we'll catch us again soon, folks. Goodbye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.